Hey, everybody. Welcome to season two of Mindful Morning. I'm Ashley Walkney. I'm a coach, a counseling grad student, a wife, a daughter. And on this season of the podcast, I want to talk about two things that might seem in conflict peace and productivity. You see, as human beings, there's that deeply human part of ourselves, the part that wants to be productive. It informs the kind of partner or parent you are, what you bring to your work, whether you stick with your goals. It's the action. And then there's that being part, a rarely inhabited but deeply real space inside our own skin, a wiser part of ourselves that perhaps can inform the kind of action we take on a human level. So what I want to argue and what I want to explore is that it's not one or the other. That to live a fulfilling, purpose-centered life requires connection to both, the human and the being parts, peace and productivity. But how do we do it? That's the challenge for us all. And that is what the season is all about. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday, if you're listening to this on a Monday morning. Uh, We're starting to shift into a different space in the podcast where we're talking more about what do I want my life to be about? What do I want to get up to with the time that I have? What's important to me? But we're not quite there yet in terms of asking those questions. There's one more question that we need to explore before we can really go there. So far, the bottom line that we've gotten to around peace, productivity, well-being is this reality that we can't be alive and not have pain. And intellectually, we get this. But, you know, when your world is feeling really difficult, that's a lot easier said than done. You're going through life. Everything's fine. You are feeling peaceful or productive or happy. And then, boom, something happens. A tragedy out of the blue, or somebody triggers you, or suddenly you're really insecure about yourself and what you're about to do, or maybe it's a craving that shows up for you, or some really painful memory, whatever it is, suddenly you're caught in this moment and it's not fun and it's not peaceful and you don't want it and you didn't choose it and it's happening. And we call that clean pain because it's the pain of life that we don't choose or control. And we said that often when that happens, we do things to create pain on top of pain because the most surefire ways to feel better in the short term often lead us to do things that cost us something in the long term. And the more we use that same strategy to feel better, the more we lose. The attempt to control clean pain makes us less peaceful, less productive, less fulfilled in the long run over the course of our lives. That's kind of what those first four episodes were about. So if we don't choose to have clean pain, but it's happening anyways, and if we can't control it without adding pain on top of pain, we said that we just have to be willing to have this as a natural, though not fun, part of the human experience. But that's impossible when you're caught up in it, 
right? When you're completely consumed by it, it's dragging you around. You feel like that's you. In that moment, when life feels really hard, what we've been talking about is finding a place inside ourselves that is not caught up in it, that can have some other perspective, shifting from that human part of ourselves that's in it to the being part that can watch it with some distance. So we shift into this place of being where we can be truly willing to have our experience without making that clean pain dirty. But there's another big question life asks us and the answer can't, it can't be explored without accessing that being part within. So the question for this week is who am I? Who am I really? We're answering this question all the time. We define ourselves and we act from our labels, right? People ask you who you are. It's everything you come up with. I am a woman. I'm 31. I'm a wife. I'm a coach. I'm using language to talk about myself. It's how we relate to each other. But this is the mind's definition of me because I'm using words to describe myself. And is that story I'm telling really the one that I want to be telling. For example, let's say that I label myself as socially awkward. I might get around people and be caught up in that verbal definition and miss the opportunity to have a good time. And in doing so, I'm actually reinforcing that story of me. The more caught up in that label of myself as socially awkward I become, the more I will gradually start to avoid situations that make me feel that way, even though being connected to other people is something underneath I really want. So my life becomes defined by my verbal definition of me instead of defined by what I really care about. Even positive definitions of ourselves work in the same way. For example, let's say I see myself as really confident and my husband wants to start taking tennis lessons together. And let's say that I'm really not good at tennis. I may find myself hating it because on some level it threatens my identity. In general, we often gravitate to things in life that feel naturally safe or we're good at it. It matches our definition And we don't really like to go outside of our own box. So you can see how the way I define myself also defines my sense of peace, productivity, and well-being. I will struggle to be productive if what I want doesn't align with the way I see myself. It goes outside my box. I'll struggle to feel at peace if my sense of peace is defined by my label, for example, as a wife. Because God forbid that label is taken away. So when we're rigid about our definitions of ourselves, whether it's positive or negative, they become a barrier. But I can experience who I am in two ways. I can experience it through that verbal definition, the ideas about me, which is how my mind defines me. I am X, Y, Z. I can also experience who I am through that same sense of being the being part of ourselves that we've been talking about. This part of me can see my definitions and help me go beyond them when they have become limiting. 
There are a few cautions I want to point out. The first is that I'm not suggesting that when we shift from this mind part of ourselves, mind identified place into this observing part, the being level, that everything is going to feel easy. The idea that that would happen comes from the mind, which always wants to eliminate problems. Another thing I want to point out is that I'm not saying the mind is bad. We use it when it's working and we come to know those areas when it's turned on us. I'm also not saying that having a definition of yourself is bad. There's no problem with defining myself as confident or as a woman or even as socially awkward. In certain areas, though, if I'm too rigid about it, it can start to limit myself. So let's go back to the question of who am I? There's a big dilemma in this because the mind can't experience it. It can talk about it, judge it, label it. But as soon as I use words to define myself, I've drawn a box, a box that if I draw in permanent marker will ironically move me away from my authentic self. So I cannot experience who I really am through thinking about it. It can't be lived through a definition created by words. It's a sense, not a thought. You'll find yourself closer to who am I by sitting with the words I am and not finishing the sentence. By sitting in the stillness of your experience right then and there as the observer of it. From this place, I'm not limited by the story of me and my life. From this place, I can see how I write that story through my actions, and I can choose to step outside of it and change that story if I want to. I can change the way I act to be more aligned with what I want my life to be about. So learning to use this other part of me, the level of being, it can't be learned through talking because that's using words. Words can only point to it. It's something we have to actually do. So let's do it. I want to end today with another exercise that helps us get in touch with using the being level of ourselves. This is an awareness exercise to help us become aware of our experience. Often the buzz of what's going on up in our head, the mind, it draws us in and our story draws us in and our labels draw us in. We become completely caught up in it. So this is going to help us practice observing all of that without actually following it or doing anything about it. So go ahead and put yourself in a comfortable sitting position. Try and find a position where you're sitting up straight, your shoulders are relaxed. And just close your eyes. Or if you want, you can look at something that's not distracting, like maybe a blank wall, if that makes you feel more comfortable. Just center yourself, ground yourself, 
bring yourself into the room that you're in, to this space and this time. Visualize your physical location in your house, in your room, in your chair, wherever you are. Become aware of your body, of the physical position of your body, your arms, your legs, your feet, your hands in this room. Notice the feeling of your body pressing against the chair or the floor. Notice the muscles around your eyes and your jaw. Notice the feelings of your skin. Become aware of your breathing. Follow the breath as it comes in through your nose, travels through your lungs, moves your belly in and out, and leaves in the opposite direction. Ride the waves of your breathing without altering it. Just notice it. Notice what's happening. Now, I don't want you to do anything except observe what's coming up. Practice your awareness. As sensations show up in your body, just watch them. As feelings show up in your awareness, just notice them. As thoughts come into your consciousness, just watch them. Watch your experience. Watch them come, watch them go. Don't grab on to anything. Don't try and push anything away. If your mind wanders, if you find yourself getting sad, annoyed, angry, restless, if you find yourself imagining something that you want to say to somebody and slipping into that fantasy, just notice that your mind has wandered off. Bring yourself back in touch with the moment. Notice how you get sucked into the content of your thoughts and how you fuse with them. We all do this. Notice that analytical, judgmental mind. Notice yourself getting sucked in and bring yourself back gently without judgment. If you notice judgments about yourself and how well you're doing this or how poorly you're doing this, just notice those too. Your job is just to practice awareness. There's no way you can mess that up. 
if your mind wanders a hundred times, then your job is to gently bring it back into this moment a hundred times. Coming back to the present moment. Allow yourself to deeply experience the present moment. Be deeply present and grounded in yourself. Even if you're having thoughts or feelings that you don't like, you don't want them, try not to push them away. Just notice them as clean pain. If you notice labels about yourself, words that describe and define the definition of me, just notice them. And even if you don't like them, try not to push them away. Come to this with an attitude of willingness toward all parts of your experience. Treat every experience gently, even if the experience, the thoughts or the feelings themselves are unwanted. Gently be present with yourself. Okay. So this is the place in us that is aware of everything and not caught up in it. From this place, nothing has to change. Nothing has to be argued with, complied with. The story of me, we do not have to define our actions around. This is a place that is always there within ourselves. Anytime we notice that what we're doing is taking us away from what we really want. We can stop, we can shift, and we can become the observer of our experience. With that distance, we can change what we do. So my suggestion for you this week is to go into your life and ask yourself the question, who am I? And when you answer it, answer I am and then leave space without answering it through words. In that space, in that present moment experience, that is lived through our senses, we are more connected and more able to take action from who we really are. I hope you all have a good week and that you got something from this today. And I'll talk to you next time.
Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, if you got something from this episode, could you just do me a favor and leave some comment or at least hit that ratings button and give me some stars? I would really appreciate it. And if you'd like to hear more from me or you're interested in learning about coaching, you can head on over to ashleywalkneen.com, subscribe to my newsletter, and I'll tell you all about it. See you next time.